the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Ria Immerman and I'm eight years old. So coming up on Hi Kids today, I'm going to be speaking to Karen Katz. She teaches the Alexander Technique. What is the Alexander Technique? So listen kids, don't go away. We have a very interesting show today. Also on the show, I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth and a high kid riddle to challenge your brain. So stay tuned, you don't want to miss this kid's show. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest or if you just want to say a hi to your friends and family. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send me a telegram on 061-895-1019 and please don't forget to sign your name. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. I repeat, 010-140-3020. Get ready for a very interesting show on Hi Kids today. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Rio Immerman and I'm eight years old. Denine Karen. Hello Rio. Can I try the tongue twister? You're going to do that later. Okay. What? Let's start with the questions. What is the Alexander Technique? Okay, so the Alexander Technique is a very cool way to look after yourself. So no matter what you're doing, let's say you are interviewing somebody in a radio station or you are chopping your vegetables or you are running a race, Alexander Technique is a way to help you look after yourself and so you don't ever feel like, oh, I don't have my balance, I don't have my coordination, I don't have my breath. So I like to just in a simple way think there's sometimes habits or things that I do that don't really help me and if I know what those are and I'm aware of myself, then I can make better choices and maybe use myself and my balance better. Does that Answer your question? Yes. Good. How do you do it? So you do it by, a lot of it is by noticing and thinking your thoughts. So you can notice that sometimes your thoughts are all in a tumble or maybe they um, a bit sort of, you, you're kind of not even aware of what you're thinking. So the Alexander Technique is a way <laughs> of um, noticing what you're thinking stopping the habits from going all over the place so maybe pausing taking a breath and then using some positive thoughts um some awareness thoughts to help you get back into that place where you feel like oh it's me again i'm okay so i'll tell you that you do it in a in a learning like in a studio and you would have a pupil and a teacher okay how does it help how does it help well, I think it helps me feel like the best version of myself. So some people it helps because they've got back pain or they are experiencing some kind of pain in their bodies. Some people use the Alexander technique like I came to it first because they're actors and they know that this is a way that they can do their job better. A lot of musicians use the Alexander technique so that after playing, let's say, 
the drums for a long time, they're not full of too many aches and pains. So the Alexander technique will kind of help anyone, and it's about having less pain um, in what you're doing and more ease in whatever it is that you're doing. Okay. Who taught you the Alexander technique? Well, I had two lovely teachers, and, um, and they taught me to teach the Alexander technique and when I first learned about the Alexander Technique, it was from fellow actors and teachers at my um, theater school, which was at Witz. So a whole lot of people showed me how and taught me, and I watched them doing this thing that made them seal, seem all um, just easy and happy. And I thought, oh, yes, I want to do that. So did they teach you or did they just show you? That's a good question. You see, they have to kind of show you and then you have to kind of teach yourself because you learn it inside your own self. It's not like you can have the knowledge from a book. You have to have the knowledge and learn about from inside yourself. Okay, that sounds nice. Why did you want to learn it and then teach it? Why did I want to learn it? Okay, well, I sort of mentioned a little bit earlier that I was at drama school. So I was studying to um, be an actor and be in the world of theater. And one of the classes that they offered at the Witz school was something called the Alexander Technique. And they always associated it with words like freedom and be more yourself and less push and less make things seem a little easier. And I thought, oh, yeah, mm -hmm, that is something that I need. So I kind of knew immediately that I wanted to find an Alexander teacher to teach me these things and that I would go to the class that they offered at Fitz. Um, and pretty much, I would say, a little way into um, having classes myself, I knew that I wanted to teach it and then teach other people it because I thought it was so great. Okay. What did you want to be when you were growing up? I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be on stage. And I always wanted to be in theater. It was something that I, I think I wanted to be always my whole life. And then you came across the Alexander Technique. Yes, and now I kind of do both. I'm sort of an Alexander Technique teacher, actress, storyteller, mom, gardener, swimmer. Not really the swimmer part, but I do like to swim. A lot. <laughs> you do a lot. A lot. Have you always been an Alexander Technique teacher? Well, no, I was an actress first. And then you became the Yes, and then I added that to my what I what I am. But I'm also what I do is actually so Rio, people come to me for voice classes. A lot of people will come to me because they feel like the way that they're speaking doesn't really feel like them. Or when they get very nervous then their voice and their thoughts run away from them. So sometimes you can think about your voice like an instrument and you can learn to use it and play it. Like a different language. Yes, like a totally like learning a new language. So yes, then I teach Alexander technique and voice. Mm. Okay. What do you love most about your job? I like meeting people and I like being useful. So it's nice that if somebody comes to you and they want to learn something and then together you can have an understanding or you can learn something new about yourself or the world. And that's, that's an amazing thing to be part of that. 
So that's why you like your job. Yes. Oh, I, I, I also like my job because I get to work my own hours and work from my house. So I can always be comfortable and not too stressed. And like you, Rio, I like being barefoot because I can see Rio's footsies under the table. And she's barefoot. And if I could be, I would be barefoot all the time. So when I go to work, I'm also barefoot. Like me. Like when you. I go to school. I'm as much barefoot as I can. At break, I'm barefoot. At second break, I'm barefoot. In PE, I'm sometimes barefoot. It's such a nice feeling to have the ground underneath you, and you can feel the ground underneath you. (laughs) What do you dislike about your job? (sighs) What do I dislike about my job? You know what it is, is that lots of people don't know about the Alexander Technique. So when I say, oh, I'm an Alexander Technique teacher, then they get this funny look on their face, like a, huh? What's the Alexander Technique? Yeah, like, what's that? And then I always feel a bit sad, like, oh, lots of people don't know how amazing this and simple and clever and helpful this Alexander Technique is. I wish, I wish more people knew about it. And then I wish I could be also a little bit more like have a loudspeaker or a megaphone and go and shout about it and tell more people about it. And that's why when you asked me to come to, to chat to you today, I thought, oh, yes, score. It's an opportunity for me to talk about this thing that not a lot of people know about. And I like interviewing interesting people. Exactly. So we both having a good time. Yeah. Who were your role models growing up? Rio, who were my role models growing up? Well, I will say that um, as a little girl, I watched Swan Lake a million gadillion times until my dad recorded over my own recording of Swan Lake with a soccer match. And so I always loved Baryshnikov and watching how light the ballet dancers were and how fluid and easily they moved. And then also, I guess, my parents. I was very close to my parents growing up, and they're pretty amazing, cool people. So my mom, Vivian, who was a role model for me about being calm and also very graceful but also very grounded on her feet and my dad who's cool and um, strong and loyal and so those were those were qualities that I always wanted to look up to. So those were your role models. Mm. How have they changed now that you've grown up? How have my role models changed? Yeah. Well they haven't changed that much I guess I still and maybe even more so look up to my parents, because now that I'm a parent, I see what a job it is and what a good job they did. So I kind of even look up to them more. But what happens is when you grow up, I mean, for me, it did. My role (laughs) models were less people um, that I never met and people who looked like they had lots of shiny, happy lives, like movie stars. You always think, oh, movie stars or amazing singers or people with lots of money and fast cars or beautiful clothes. And then when you get older, you think maybe, yeah, that's nice, but it's not anything really to look up to. The people who you really look up to are people who've actually done amazing things with their life to help other people and who are themselves and who are good people. So I've had an opportunity in my life to meet many amazing people, and they're just everyday people. Like, you're amazing. Thank you.
Has anything embarrassing ever happened to you? <sighs> that was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, I do think I sometimes snort when I laugh, Rio, and that can be pretty embarrassing. But I mean during your job. Okay, during my job. It's hard to think of that, isn't it? Isn't it? It is hard to think of. But I do remember... Oh, I've got one. So I'm remembering once playing Juliet in the Shakespeare play Romeo and Juliet. And there's the scene at the end of the play where, where Juliet is dead. And she's lying, and in the play, I was lying on the stage with this cloth over me, pretending to be dead. And I've got very bad allergies, Rio. And in front of the whole theatre, I was thinking to myself, don't sneeze, you've got to be dead. Don't sneeze. And then you sneeze. <laughs> And did they hear you? Mm, I think so. I think maybe the front row only heard. So maybe I thought it was more embarrassing. It felt more embarrassing than maybe it really was. My mother said she was in a play and she um, someone said a line. Mm-hmm. And there was a robot and she was um, um, a girl and she put it and she was wearing a wig. And... The one actor who was a robot had a saxophone around his neck, I think, and she she was crying on top of the saxophone, and the, I think a hook on the saxophone caught her wig and it pulled it oh off. Oh, my gosh. And she stood there for two minutes laughing with the audience, and then they carried on. That's funny. What would be your dream job? Mm. Her... My dream job would be to, I don't know, maybe be able to, to do... Um, How do you? Oh, you got me. <laughs> I think it's cheesy if I say, oh, my dream job is the dream I've got, is the job I've got now. But maybe that kind of is my dream job. Yeah. But if I, if I was getting paid bajillions, then that would be my dream job. Yeah. <laughs> Do you teach individuals or groups or both? Both. Definitely both. I teach large groups and medium-sized groups and baby groups. It sounds like I'm telling the story of the the three bears. No, but yes, (laughs) to answer your question, I do. I teach both individuals and groups. Is it different teaching one person to teaching a group of people? Um... It is different. Yes, your focus as a teacher has to be very different and the way that you're using your energy has to be very different and the way that you've got just the timing of it makes it a very, very different thing. So um, I, I love doing both. I've got a lot of experience doing groups, um, but I've come to enjoy the quietness and the learning that happens also one-on-one. Why is it called the Alexander Technique? It's um, after the dude who invented it. His name was F.M. Alexander, um, Frederick Matthias Alexander. So it's, it's, it's after him. He made all these amazing discoveries about 100 years ago that were about looking after yourself and what does that mean and what do your habits do that interfere with the way that you can look after yourself and how our bodies and our minds are all one interconnected thing. Um, and so it's named after 
the dude who who put it together. Okay. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Rio Emmerman and I'm eight years old. I have Karen Katz in studio with me. If you have any questions for her, you can send an SMS to 34519 or telegram to 061-895-1019 or call 010-140-3020. Now let's carry on with our questions, Karen. What did you study after school? I did a BA Dramatic Art degree at WITS. And how did you do it? <clears throat> well, um, the drama degree is a four-year degree, and um, it's every day, and you're learning all interesting subjects, and you're challenging yourself on so many levels, how to think and how to be creative and how to work with people and how to trust your voice. So that's how you do it. How long did it take you to become an Alexandra Technique teacher? Okay, so then after my drama degree, um, I, d- I studied um, Alexandra Technique, and it's a three-year full-time um, course. So full-time means I was going every morning, four mornings a week, for three, four hours each morning to learn with my teachers and a, a group of people who were also on the journey and part of the group and, and hanging out in our classes. Did you make any friends? I did. I actually met the most awesome people, people who I think are like sometimes you meet people and you think, uh, not my type, maybe like nice people, but no, not, not maybe my friend. And I met lots of people who I thought, oh, can we – can we go out? Will you come to my house? Let's hang out. So, yes, I met lots of cool people. Okay. Is the Alexander technique for children or for adults or both? For everybody. So could I learn it? You could. Can you teach me? Yes. How has practicing the Alexander technique changed you? Well... For me, it made me so much more aware of myself and how I do the things that I do in every moment of my life. So I think that it changed me by making me become, um, and I'm using these words again because I think they best describe it, things around balance and coordination and patience and in general just a happier nicer person it feels very nice to be in my body and very nice to be in my mind and so very nice to be in my life what is your favorite book your your favorite book oh my gosh i love reading so it's hard for me to think which is the it's most one of wonderful the things you just can't say. Yeah, it's like wait, I have to think about it. There were so many nice books I've read in my life. I can't think of maybe my favorite book that I would recommend to you or to the listeners to read. Tell us one of your favorite favorite books. One of my favorite favorite books. I'm trying to think what's on my bookshelf or on my bedside table that I think this was a special book and I'll never give it away. Can can we come back to that one? Yes. Thank you. What kind of child were you? 
I was an amazing child. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think I was sort of friendly and a happy child. And I liked to sing and make up stories. And I remember lying outside on the grass looking up at the clouds and thinking um, to tell stories with the shapes in the clouds that I saw. And my first, my mom tells me my first word was hello. So I've always been quite outgoing and friendly. And I like to say hello, 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 meet people. My first word was no. <laughs> well, that tells us something. <laughs> if you could have a conversation with one person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Rio, are you striking out with the, with the deep and philosophical questions here? Do you have an answer for this one for yourself? Um, if you could have an economy, I don't know, maybe Beethoven? Wow. No, exactly. That would be an amazing conversation. Uh, you know, I, I love listening to podcasts. I was telling you and your mom earlier, and there's a woman who has a podcast called On Being, and her name is Krista Tippett. And I think, whenever I listen to her, I think, man, would I love to talk to you. I think that she's such an engaged deep listening, asks amazing questions, has the most wonderful voice and um, I think depth and spirituality and intelligence. So to me, she she's somebody who um, you asked about role models earlier. I guess she would be both somebody I'd like to talk to and somebody I'd like to um, have as a role model. And then I think Nick Rabinovitz is hilarious. So maybe he, he would have to come to my dinner party too to have a conversation with him because then we could all laugh. Also, maybe I would like to have a conversation with some of the, the characters in my books. Wow. Like exactly. Percy Jackson and Harry Potter and Annabeth and Grover and stuff like that. Do you have a family? I do. I have, um, I'm married to a, a man named Gregory, and then we have three boys, and one of them's your age. He's, he's, um, nine, so he's a little older than you, and his name is Zachary. And, um, and then I have a Charlie Katz, and he is six turning seven, and then I have a little boy named Joseph Zion, and he's two and a half. Do they do the Alexander Technique with you? Yes, Rio. I am constantly saying, where are your sit bones? Are you breathing through your nose? Charlie, slow down and notice where are you? Where is the space around you? So sometimes it works. Oh, and also Greg is my big pupil because um, you notice that a lot of people are on their phones a lot. Do you know what I mean, Rhi? It's like... Yeah. SMSing and WhatsApping and you're looking down in your phone and there's this thing now they say is called text neck because we can all get these neck pains from texting. So when Gregory's texting, then I'm always in Alexander Technique teacher mode because I like to remind him that he's in this contorted <laughs> tense position and actually he's got a choice and he can come back into his length and he's breathing and he doesn't have to look like a pretzel while he's texting on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> love the way you describe that. Thanks, Rio. Are you an actress as well as an Alexander Technique teacher? And how do you do both, if you are? Why, yes, I am. And that is how I actually know you. 
um, because your mom and I were um, at drama school together and your mom and I acted in some shows together. So I'm definitely an actor too. And how you do both is, is pretty simple because the Alexander technique t- is a kind of how, how you do what you do. So you can be doing anything. You can be doing yoga. You can be cooking your supper. You can be drinking a glass of water. And you can be acting on a stage and doing a very difficult play. But the Alexander technique teacher helps you do what you're doing better. So it doesn't replace it. It's not another thing. It's how you're doing exactly what you're doing, but better. If you could change one thing about the world, what would it be and why? Hmm. You know, <coughs> Rio, it's got something to do with the big difference in how people experience life. So... I would like to change the fact that there are some people who have so, 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 so much, and there's some people who have nothing at all. And maybe if we could make that a little more equal and fairly spread out, then... um, That would be the thing. That would be the thing, don't you think? Yeah. That would be a good one. I mean, I think there would be lots, but let's start with that. Okay. Who is your favorite actor? or actress and why? Mm. Who's my favorite actor or actress and why? Well, you know that somebody is good as an actor when they don't feel, you don't look at them and you can tell that they're acting when it seems really natural and yet at the same time it's also engaging and it's dramatic and they've got big emotions so somebody who's able to do that really well is somebody like Meryl Streep you always believe her and yet she's so dramatic but yet very real you feel like that's somebody you can believe the part that they're playing but you can't be too dramatic otherwise it's weird exactly it's just weird What is the most important lesson you have learned in your life? Um, I'm going to ask you that same question too. So you can think about it while I'm answering this. Because for me, it is always be kind and always give people the benefit of the doubt. Somebody once told me you can think of that like as unconditional positive regard. That even if somebody does something that seems on the surface like, how could they do that? Then I always try and think to myself, well, maybe I don't know the circumstances or what's going on or what's happening in their heart. So rather give them the positive uh, benefit of the doubt. What's your answer? So Mm -hmm. I'll ask you the question. No. Oh, no. Fine. Moving on. No. Thank you for coming on Chai Kids and teaching us more about the awesome work you do. It's a pleasure, Rio. I loved hanging out with you. Thank you for asking me to come be on your cool show. Pleasure. This has been Hi Kids, for Kids, Bye Kids. My name is Rio Emmerman and I'm eight years old. Thank you to my guest, Karen, for coming on Hi Kids and thank you to my producer, Mandy, and DJ Flo for pushing the big red buttons. Join us tomorrow for another Hi Kids show. Goodbye, kids. <laughs>